click there if you would, or, or get it ready. Apparently, we're getting a fax, so that's exciting. <laughs> what is that? Some of you don't even know what a fax is. So we'll explain it to you millennials sometime. But uh, we're going to jump back into our series on, uh, on prayer called, called Pray About It. And we've been looking at some different circumstances where people prayed and different things took place. Some of the different circumstances that came up uh, as people were seeking answers from God. And uh, today is uh, no exception. I want to touch on a subject that I think is a really difficult for uh, one for a lot of people to navigate. Uh, because I, I get emails and uh, phone calls and messages from people and, and meetings with people who struggle with this issue. What do you do when God doesn't answer my prayer? Well, don't answer. That's what I'm going to preach about. <laughs> Spoiler. But how do you respond when God doesn't answer your prayer? Uh, There's some bad teaching out there that will say, well, obviously, you didn't ask correctly, right? So you should have named it or claimed it or professed it and confessed it and then possessed it. And just quite honestly, sometimes sometimes we run into these hurdles where we're praying and the answer doesn't really come. And you see, and I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 today, and we're going to look at not just your ordinary person. Uh, we're going to take a look at the greatest missionary of all time. Yes, even greater than Bill Schrader, uh, the, 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 greatest, the greatest missionary of all time, the Apostle Paul. And he was at a point where he expressed his frustration with this topic. So I just wanted to let you know, if Paul went through this, then we probably will too. Right? And sometimes you haven't done anything wrong. So let's see what the word has to say. Okay? We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 7. And uh, I think you're going to be blessed by this. If you're able to, would you stand for the reading of God's word as we check this out together? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7, kind of in the middle of verse 7, actually. You ready? Paul's saying this, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he, the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect 
in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Lord, I believe that there are people that might be at the same stage as Paul. And maybe there's a little bit of spiritual confusion because we're not sure why things haven't been answered the way that we would like. And God, there's others of us that uh, if we're not there right now, we probably will be. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you that your word would equip us today so that we would uh, know how to combat this thing and navigate these waters. So, Lord, speak to us today and touch our hearts, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, how many of you think that we could probably benefit from this, uh, from, from knowing this lesson? You know what's funny? Nobody on Christian TV is going to advertise a book that says, Your prayers aren't getting answered. And, and that, that doesn't seem real popular. In our culture, especially in the United States, we're all about getting the answer, getting the blessing, getting the blessing. And sometimes the answer doesn't come. Uh, Paul here, Paul's gone through something. And again, let's remind ourselves, okay, this is Paul. Okay, this is not your average Joe. This is Paul. And he is making this statement that actually more of us, if not all of us, can relate to pretty profoundly. And so what I'd like to uncover today, this morning at least, uh, I want to look just at three phases of this struggle that Paul mentions here in this passage. And um, I think this is going to be helpful to some of you here today. Let's go to phase one. You ready? Paul was overwhelmed. Paul was overwhelmed. Now, even saying that for some people is very hard to admit. Because we almost want to say that it's not real spiritual to be overwhelmed by what we're facing. We've almost conditioned ourselves to say, ooh, I must be lacking in faith if I'm feeling overwhelmed by what I'm going through. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm really stressed out. I'm really sensing a lot of anxiety in my life. And, 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 and I, I dare not say that because I'll get in spiritual detention But again, look at the brutal honesty. Look at the brutal honesty of Paul in verses 7 and 8. Okay, look at it again. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And three times I pleaded, I pleaded with the Lord. 
to take it away from me. Three times. Whoa. Now, you might be sitting here and saying, well, okay, what's this thorn that Paul's talking about? Well, there's a lot of speculation as to what that might be. Uh, Some might say that he uh, had really poor eyesight after his experience on the Damascus Road. Some people have assumed that he suffered from epilepsy. Uh, Others say it might be his (laughs) mother-in-law. Or his wife. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying any of these are right. I'm just, I'm telling you, I don't write the news. I just report it, folks, okay? But it had to be something that was pretty intense. This was not, not to belittle your prayer request, but this was not Paul saying, a chew. I have hay fever. Oh, God. Okay. And again, if you, I deal with sinuses, so don't send me those emails. But this was so intense. Paul was so overwhelmed by this situation that he prayed three times for God to take it away. This is the same guy that God used to heal the sick. This is the same guy that God used to cast devils out, okay? This is the same guy whom God used through his praise to totally shake a prison and and take it off of its foundation. This is that Paul. So this is that Paul that has seen some incredible results to his prayers, and to his spiritual actions in the past. Much like some of you, much like many of you, you've seen God answer your prayer before. You've seen God answer other people's prayer. He's healed you. He's delivered you. He's provided for you. He's come through for you. But then there's this thorn. Whatever your thorn is. And it just won't go away. And this was so intense that it overwhelmed Paul incredibly. Now, there are some in the body of Christ that would say, well, brother, we don't get overwhelmed in the body of Christ. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That obviously means you don't have enough faith, brother. You better get back in your prayer closet. And the Greek word for that, by the way, is crap. Uh, (laughs) If you could see my wife right now, just look at me like... Well, I'll hear about that today. (laughs) But could I, (laughs) could I show you some people in the scripture who were overwhelmed? David. Mm. Now, this is the giant killer. This is the king. This is the, the man whom it is described as being a man after God's own heart. Okay, 
No, he wasn't perfect, but he was a chosen, incredible vessel of God. Look what he says in Psalm chapter 62, I'm sorry, 61, verses 1 and 2. He says, oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is what? My heart is overwhelmed. Paul was overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. How about a man by the name of Elijah? Elijah had just had huge success. And in, in, in this battle, if you read 1 Kings chapter 18, he's had this huge victory where he calls fire from heaven and God does something great. But then in the next chapter, he says, uh, it says, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left a servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and... <laughs> He prayed that he might die. It's Elijah. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Now there's a faith-filled prayer. (laughs) David was overwhelmed. Elijah was overwhelmed. (laughs) How about Jonah? Okay, Jonah, Jonah's been through a lot, okay? And so we come at the end of the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, starting in verse 3, and he just says, just kill me now, Lord. <laughs> wow. Hopefully that is not your life verse. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Then the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Whoa. Can I give you one more? How about Jesus? Right before he was to be crucified, in Matthew chapter 26, it says, Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. This is Jesus. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. That's some intense emotion. So, We have Paul, we have David, we have Elijah, we have Jonah, we have Jesus. I imagine that maybe we can feel a little overwhelmed too. What is your thorn? What is your thorn? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe the financial financial picture that you're going through, it just torments you over and over again. Maybe your family situation, whatever that might be. I'm not trying to to depress you, but I want to keep it real here today. Maybe your family situation or maybe a relationship that is very, very, very important to you. It's just, 
It's a mess. Maybe students, your school situation right now uh, is not what you were expecting. And that has brought you down incredibly, overwhelmed you. Maybe your job situation is such that it's just a little too much. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Just like Paul. Just like Jesus. I'm going to be straight with you. Sometimes difficult things happen to really good people. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I want you to hear this from this preacher. You are not a second-class Christian. You are not a person who doesn't have enough faith. You are not a person who is in sin because of how you're feeling today. Sometimes really great people who are really close to Jesus will find themselves overwhelmed. The question is, what do you do about it? And a lot of you are saying, well, you pray. And that's what Paul did. He prayed, remember, three times. That brings me to the second phase. See, because not only was he overwhelmed, but then he was overruled. <laughs> what? God, you're supposed to give me everything I, I asked for, Right? Right? Actually, that Bible doesn't say that. But look at, look at verse 9. But he, the Lord, he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now, some of you are reading that, you're thinking, Eh? Where's my stuff? I asked for stuff. I asked for change. I asked for something different. You give me this? See, <laughs> here's, this is where it stretches you just a little bit in, 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 your, in your faith. You ready? Because before I show you actually how God answered Paul's prayer, let me show you how he did not answer Paul's prayer. He did not say, hmm, wow, that's bad. That thorn's bad. Let me take that from you right now. He didn't do that. Whatever it was, he, he, didn't, he didn't take it. He didn't change it. In fact, he didn't even get into, you know what, Paul? I've got a plan. Here is my four-point plan. Step one is the thorn. That's all you see. But I got three more steps to your blessing. He didn't say that either. What Paul received was an answer that he was not looking for. You ever been there? 
You ever say, you ever say, God, please answer this prayer. And then what he gives you, oh, I didn't ask for that. Or some of us would even question whether there was actually an answer. Hear me. We question whether there was actually an answer because he didn't answer the way that we had scripted for him to do so. And so we don't even think he listens. Therefore, he did not answer. And I have seen too many people, been doing this a long time now, I've seen too many people whose faith in God has been absolutely derailed because they didn't get the answer they were looking for. The healing didn't come. The answer, it's not even there even though you prayed. May I remind you again, Paul did nothing wrong. The Lord did not say, well, Paul, you sinned bad. So no blessing for you. No, no. Nothing. Except verse 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You, you have great motives, but you're just not seeing the results that you prayed for. Are you following me here today? How do you process those moments that you don't get the answers to prayer that you were praying for? Again, I'm not trying to depress you. It's going to get better. Hang with me, please, okay? How do you process this? Because I will tell you, I've, I've been here long enough to know that there were people that were serving God who came here on a regular basis and because they never conquered this issue, we never saw them again. And it's not about where they go to church here. They, they, they don't serve God at all. Okay. So if we, don't, if we don't handle this correctly, if we don't see this biblically, if, if we don't handle this in a way that God wants us to handle it, then we are very much at risk of seeing a whole lot more than disappointment. Let alone the ripple effect that that can have on you, your family, your friends. What was Paul's answer? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And look how Paul responds. See, some of us, some of us would say, uh, no. No, try again. But third, and maybe that's why Paul prayed three times about this, uh, but, but the third phase and the final phase of this Paul was all of a sudden overjoyed. He was overwhelmed. He was overruled. And then at the end of this passage, he's overjoyed. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Oh, take a look. Take a look at this. He says at the second half of verse 9, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why. For Christ's sake, I delight, you ready? See if this is relatable to you. 
in, I, I delight in weaknesses. I delight when I'm insulted. I delight in hardships. I, I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulty. I, I delight all of that. Why? See, because when I'm weak, I'm actually strong. Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. You know what Paul said? The truth of God's promises was all he needed. Don't lose this. Don't lose this, okay? You may not feel a certain way, but you've still got the truth, see, of God's promises. So, I feel lonely. God, I feel deserted. And then the truth of God's promises is he will never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. God, I don't know what to do. I can't find an answer anywhere. And then I'm told that if I lack wisdom, I can ask it of him and he will give it to me. I I don't know if I could live this thing out anymore, God. I don't know that I could really be a successful Christian. And then Philippians 4 tells me, promises me that actually I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I, I, I wonder if I'm just uh, unsafe. I don't know if harm's going to come to me. And then I'm reminded that the Lord, Psalm 46, I'm reminded that the Lord is a refuge for me, a very present help in times of trouble. You see, here's what Paul knew. The reality and the truth of God's promises was greater than the thorn. Hear this. Yeah, but I don't feel good. And see, this is the problem. We cannot base our faith in God on how we feel. And that, that's, that is a trap that the enemy of our souls will set for us. You know, we know what the Bible says. We know what he did for us. Some of us, he answered a prayer just a week ago. And, and now, because we feel bad, we're doubting God again. Why? Because we feel bad. Stop basing Jesus on how you feel. You can't. That, that is a roller coaster that you just cannot get off of. That's not the way God intends for you to live this out. God says, no, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. Maybe I can illustrate it to you this way. Jonathan, can you bring me a chair? Anybody have an interesting week this week? I did. I did. Now this chair, when we purchased these chairs several years ago, uh, we purchased them so that they would hold the weight of everybody, and don't worry, everybody. They would hold the weight of anybody who would sit on it. Uh, unlike, like, like, if I see wicker furniture, no. No. That's a disaster. Okay? My tushy will hit the ground through the wicker. So, this chair has been built to the specifications that it could hold my weight, all 150 pounds of it. 
Yeah, in sixth grade. And uh, this chair is God's grace. When you, when you wake up tomorrow morning, God knows exactly how much grace you need. This past Monday, I woke up and I drove to Columbus, had a meeting with a bunch of spiritual leaders from five different states. Pretty awesome. And God gave me enough grace on Monday that I needed to not only go through that, but to be blessed by that. Tuesday. Tuesday, met with the same people and uh, had to help lead worship for all those people. Okay? Preacher got a little nervous about that. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay? You don't want fat fingers when you're playing keyboard for about 100 spiritual leaders from five different states. <laughs> and, and God said, okay, Here, here's your Tuesday set of grace, Phil. I got you. I got you. I got through Tuesday just fine. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not feeling so good, to be honest with you, physically. Um, so God knew that. And so when I woke up those mornings, God said, ooh, you need to stir to your chair. You need a little bit more grace. Here you go, Phil. You got this. Woke up yesterday. I had a finished prepping for today. Got a golf outing in a couple hours for our league. Prepping for that. I woke up and God said, I got your grace. I got you. I you know what he said? He said, everything you need for that day, I'm going to give it to you. What about tomorrow? Let's not worry about tomorrow. I, I, I'm going to give you, see, today, all of you, you're, you may not even realize it, you're sitting in Sunday's grace. Sounds like a gospel song, sitting in Sunday's grace. Then tomorrow, tomorrow, when you, when you wake up, and, and students, when you go to class, and some of us when we go to work, and others of us when we do this and, and, and that, God says, here's the grace I have for you. And, see, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Not all Mondays are created equal. Some Mondays I deal with difficult people. None of you. They're coming forward already. Hallelujah. Some Mondays, some Mondays I, I deal, some Mondays I, I deal with difficult people and difficult situations. Some Mondays are pretty easy. Some Mondays the schedule's pretty heavy. Tuesday I got a real heavy schedule. This weekend I'm doing a wedding. Lots going on. And every day, you know what I got? Every day, I've got a Lord who says, I've got everything you need to get through this day. Are you hearing me today? See, because 
Sometimes those Mondays, my thorn in my side hits me. And the situation that I'm dealing with, that I've, I've asked God, it's like, Lord, please, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And, and it's still there. It's, <laughs> it's still there. And I go through the whole thing. What am I doing wrong? What am I saying wrong? Why, why is this happening? Why is this taking place? And then God just says, look, sit down in my grace. Even, and, and br- bring your thorn. Oh, bring your thorn with you. Because my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And that's why Paul could say, look, you're going to insult me? We got difficulties coming my way? We, we got hardships? I don't like it. I'm I'm not some weirdo that says, here, hit me. I'm not that. But here they are. So how do I deal with this? And God says, bring all that with you and have a seat in God's grace. So whatever thorn you're carrying, you can actually be overjoyed. Even if God hasn't, quote, answered your prayer. Because here's the deal. He has. He actually has answered your prayer. No, he hasn't taken the thorn away yet, and he still might, by the way. Can someone say amen to that? He still might take away that thorn. But until he does, but until that answer comes, I got enough of God's grace that I'm not going to crumble to the floor. I got enough of God's grace. Say, God... Your grace truly is all that I need. Isn't that great? That's God's grace. And that's why, that's why in the midst of, of saying things, why, why doesn't God answer my prayer? How come, how come he's not done this for me? Why, why is this happening? God can say, I'll take care of the Why? Oh, let me say it again. God will take care of the why. I don't know why. I want to know why. You may not want to know why. I've served Jesus long enough to know that, boy, I'm glad I didn't know that ahead of time. So you, you may not know the why. But I know the Savior. He says, bring your questions. Bring your frustrations. Bring your thorn, because I got a chair for you, and I've got you covered today. And tomorrow, we'll go through this again. And the next day, we're going to go through it again. You may not even realize how strong of a chair you may need tomorrow. <laughs> you, may not, you may need one that's reinforced with some pretty strong steel. Or maybe he'll just have a nice lawn chair for you. I don't know. I've had lawn chair days, and I've had, hmm, electric chair days. Uh, (laughs) But all through it, all through it, students, all through it, all of us, all through it, God has reminded me again and again that his grace 
is sufficient for me. So don't think God's ignoring you. Don't think that God has given up on you. Don't think that God has let you down. It's just the opposite. He knows exactly what you need. And he will give you the grace to get through the day, to get through the week, to get through your thorn, to get through your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand with me, would you please, Jonathan? Did you get anything out of this today? So, I got a feeling that we may have some verse 7 and 8 people here. A little overwhelmed by what you're going through. And as we've seen, that's actually more normal than we may even care to admit. We may have some verse 9 people here who you've prayed. God didn't answer the prayer that you were expecting. What I want to do is lead you to verse 10. Just say, God, regardless of what the result's going to be, let me know. Remind me today, God, that your grace, your grace is all I need. That's what sufficient means. It's all I need. And whether I'm uncomfortable, whether I'm insulted, whether it's hardships, whether it's difficulty, I can rest in the fact that he's got me with his grace. So there may be some Apostle Pauls in the room today who may need to go to the Lord and pray the same prayer. Say, God, (laughs) I got this thorn and I need something done. And then you may just need to sit in his presence and then be reminded of what he told Paul, that his grace is exactly what you need. And if you could walk away after spending time talking to Jesus, if you could walk away with that, you, you have won a victory today. Could you bow your heads, please? There's some people here, you're, you got a thorn. There's some people here, you might be a little flustered. There's some people here, you might be a little bit discouraged. And I want you to know that God knows exactly what you're going through, and he cares. And he's here today to remind you that his grace is all that you need. And so I want you today, if that is you, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. I'm going to pray. But Paul, David, Jonah, Elijah, I hesitate to call any of us Jesus. But if you're overwhelmed today, bring that thorn with you as you pray to him today. I'm going to give you a chance to bring your thorn to Jesus. I'm going to give you a chance to say, here it is, God. And you may need him to just remind you in your spirit that he's got everything you need to get through. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not lost. He's there.
So I'm going to pray. When I say amen, I'm going to turn you loose to talk to the Lord, you and him. I think that'd be very appropriate for many of us to do today. And just be honest with him. And when you're done, you can consider yourself dismissed to fellowship with one another in the lobby. But I'd appreciate it if we could just allow people in this room to talk to the Lord. And let's do our best not to interrupt that. Because I really believe that there are some people who need to be reminded that the grace of God is all they need. So when I say amen, that's your cue to pray. And when God releases you, you can consider yourself dismissed. Jesus, your grace is sufficient. Every single one of us would love for that thorn to go away. And God, it may happen for for many of us here. But God, in the meantime, we're going to sit in your grace for what you have for us today. And then we're going to sit in your grace for what you have for us tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So God, I pray that, that there would be this continued trust in what you can do because your grace is totally sufficient. So I come against those that maybe, not them, but Lord, the overwhelmed feeling, the discouragement. Lord, Lord take that away. And make us overjoyed that you've got us. So meet with your people, I ask you, Jesus, and we will thank you and give you all the praise for what you accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen.